diffuse drawings of Sean Cassidy are making me Sean Flacity. <laughs> Welcome to episode 46 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the middle of April 2019, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some classic comics. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my creepy shadow cat obsession, Patty. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com, leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast, follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. Hopefully you're following us somewhere because we have an announcement during the commercial break later and we're going to need you to message us on social media. Do I know what the announcement is? What? Do I know what the announcement is? Or is it going to be a surprise to me too? (laughs) You you should know what the announcement is. You agreed to it. And you were like, I I don't agree to anything. You read over my notes like 10 minutes ago. I didn't read the commercials. Speaking of messages, (laughs) the messages that you're about to hear come out of our mouths contain some of the dirtiest and foulest language you will ever hear in an X-Men discussion. Last episode, there was talk of Glob Herman ejaculating. If this is the kind of messy message you like with musings of mutants, then stick around. Like Globby's Globlets stick around. There is your explicit content warning. So how are you doing today? I'm doing fucking great. Yeah. I'm doing so good. Yeah. I'm doing so good. My stomach, my stomach has not been doing so good all day for some reason. On Friday nights, I go out with my friends. We go to a diner. I, I get the Jersey Farmer sandwich because because we live... Because you're a Jersey farmer. Because I'm a Jersey farmer. Because I'm, I live in New Jersey, and New Jersey is the garden state. And, right. And farms and gardens, and that's the thing. Right. Better fa- the same thing. Better, Better farms, farms and, and gardens. gardens. That's the, that, like that magazine that doesn't exist. So I, I get the... It's it's French toast, and it's got... It's a sandwich. It's got uh, it's got eggs and Taylor ham uh-huh. and cheese on it. Uh-huh. And I get that every fucking week. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I get peanut butter cheesecake because mm-hmm. I would fucking murder a bitch for peanut butter cheesecake. And every week, it's so good and no problems. But today, today, problems. today, problems. Yes, today, colon pro- problems. <laughs> No, colon there, problems. There were no colon problems. That's a joke. My stomach it came just, out the other end. There, there's just thanks. Thanks for that visual <laughs> for everyone. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Since, since then, I ate some salad. We watched some Josh Groban. We <laughs> not willingly. We watched some Josh Groban singing about going down to the river, uh, and uh, and then uh, we looked at at funny Twitter things, and then listened to some Limp Biscuit. Now we're yeah. here. I'm sorry, Cliff. I'm sorry. So shout outs to Cliff and apologies to Cliff. We'll try to keep the Limp Biscuit talk to a minimum, but but I I did tell Patty. I'm like, listen. You got to know my struggles growing up in the 90s, so we got to listen to a little Limp Biscuit. Wasn't Cliff the name of Josh Groban's new album that they were advertising? No, it was Bridges. Bridges! Bridges and Cliff are two very different things. They're both nouns. <laughs> what? <laughs> they are indeed. And so is Patty. What a coincidence. That's, but that's a proper noun. <laughs> oh, yeah. If there's one adjective to describe the noun Patty... It is proper. Thank you. I have a friend <laughs> whose last name is Couch. Shout out what? to my friend Couch. Yeah, I remember she was, this was like four years ago, she was cosplaying prom version of Rin from Love Live. Oh, her name's Couch? Her last name. Well, yeah, I figure who's going to name their kid's first name Couch? White people. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's do it. Let's get <laughs> Patty, let's adopt a kid and name him Couch. With a K. <laughs> K-O-W-T-C-H. It's it's pronounced Kristen. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. We were just The T is silent. <laughs> we were just talking the other day about how stupid it is that Colonel is spelled the way it is. Yeah, Colonel. I don't know why we were talking about that. I don't remember why either. So so we're gonna talk about uh less Limp Biscuit and more X-Men comics. And ends less tax season because by the time you'll be listening to this, <laughs> I'll have already died. <laughs> No, tax season will be over, at least in the U.S. Yeah, and like Sweden, they just like take like one flat rate. They're just like, okay, you're paying 20% or something. You don't have to like go to school or know anything. You just take 20% of your taxes. That's all it takes. That's all it takes to make it in Sweden. You don't have to know anything. You don't don't have to know know anything. anything. You don't even need to know Swedish. (laughs) My apologies to to our (laughs) listeners in Sweden right now. I love Sweden. I'm wearing an Arch Enemy shirt, so shout-outs to Sweden. Limp Bizkit's better than Arch Enemy. They're not from Sweden. Limp What? Limp Bizkit is from Sweden. You don't You don't know. <laughs> you don't know where they've been. I feel like they're Patty, probably why, from Florida. Patty, why you gotta hate me? <laughs> why you gotta hate me? I wanted that. Because hate is all the world seems to see. They are, were you joking? They are from Florida. Are, Limp Bizkit is from Florida. Of course they are. Did you not fucking know that? I didn't fucking know that. That uh, was just... bull hockey. That was just a... <laughs> fucking all right fantastic. all right let's let's no more no more limp biscuit until a little bit later let's talk about some x-men comics Fine. um uh first new comic we're talking about is uncanny x-men number 15 and it opens with dark beast talking about doing things to shan and that was really kind of scary like sure she's merged with warlock but still like why would you let dark beast do anything to you he literally used to turn people into soup he literally has dark in his name Dark Phoenix, Dark Beast. You're going to make an issue now. You had no problem with that fire lady eating the <laughs> fucking planet. But now this no, guy. No, no, I'm just now saying. Now this guy. I'm just saying. because he's a furry, I'm, isn't it? Yes. I love how then it cuts to, you know, what the cliffhanger was from the last issue. When Captain America comes knocking on the door at the bar. And this was kind of fucked up, though. Because Scott is like. When Alex is like, I'm staying, and Scott is like, no, and then he's like, Logan can stay. Like, bro, you're going to tell your own brother, like, just go away, but, you know, this asshole with the claws can stay? Hoes before bros, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. He spent, I I feel like he's probably spent more time working alongside Logan. Don't try to explain this. I feel like there was no no making sense of this. It was just stupid. I will make sense of everything no patty it was stupid and there is no reason to put that in there and it was confusing to the reader me (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it's because he spent more time working alongside logan than he has with his family and i feel like alex would not want to throw down with captain america and i feel like wolverine would be more likely to to throw down i feel like alex would love nothing more than to throw down with captain america so i have to disagree with you on that okay but are we when we when we say throw down are we talking about like punches are we talking about yes we're talking about punches not throwing throwing genitals on his face (laughs) okay well you put the image in there patty that was not that was not me so Steve is like, I don't know what you're doing, but you can't keep doing it, Scott. And Scott's like, with all due respect, you're not my captain. 
that was so sexy. It made me you want to You don't have down. to leave, but you can't stay here. <laughs> yeah, you tell him, Batty. Get out of my bar. Get the hell out of my bar. And then he says, Captain America says, some of the people you consider friends are not your friends. You know, like fucking Val Cooper. But it's like, yeah, it's like Dark Beast. You know what I mean? Like, the dude is fucking doing something with the new mutants ladies that he shouldn't be doing. I don't know. It was just, it was really interesting dialogue. I really, I really liked it. I really didn't like when Scott was like, it's not our fault. People are afraid of who we are. And Steve is like, but it's your fault if they're afraid of being killed in the streets by one of your fights. And I'm like, bitch, you've literally fought people openly in the street. And how is this any different? Literally because it's mutants. So that was kind of stupid. Literally racist. Literally, exactly. So I, I don't know. Yeah. So, all right. So this whole scene ends when Hope tries to contact Reaper. This was great. They show up to that fucking, that racist politician's rally and Chamber punches a guy. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was great. He I was fucking like, love that. Bash the fash whenever you get a chance, Pam. <laughs> that's that's how I remember the quote. Uh, yeah, yeah. Matthew Rosenberg writes characters like you speak. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly what was happening. No, that was great. No, because they're all yelling. They're all yelling at the X-Men, you know. And they're like yelling at Chamber to take off his mask and he's he like should have. Absolutely should have. I, I kind of feel like he should have. <laughs> I understand why he didn't, and he still just punched him in the face anyway. But, like, you know, Scott, like, yells at him for doing that. And he's like, yeah, smash bigots every chance you get. So I fucking love that. Yes. And so I've made my feelings pretty clear on the art, and I don't need to go into that too much, but I do want to call out something here that was, that did not work at all. When the Mutant Liberation Front, or Mutant Liberation Force, whatever the fuck they changed it the mutant liberation fuck shows up yeah yeah they called them the mutant liberation force i don't uh, know i uh, must have just read it as front because that's what i'm used to seeing so when they show up it's when forearm like backhands scott right and then you go to the next page and suddenly they're 20 feet apart from each other that's not the how did how did that work velocity <laughs> um and the fight was too quick. And that's, you know, that's a complaint just because I think that the Mutant Liberation Front are such cool characters and they have such cool designs. And it's really neat that they're, you know, what's left of them are back together. Even though it's weird that, like, Hope is leading them. Yeah, we still haven't gotten an explanation about that at all. No. In fact, you know, things just got worse for her character in this issue. But I thought that that fight was, was way too quick. So that was kind of upsetting, but I did really love seeing them. Are we ever going to get Tempo again? Tempo is allegedly dead. When? Yeah, so this was kind of stupid. Um, it was during Age of X. What was that? Seven years ago, I want to say. It was a weird thing because I think it was that she died in Age of X and that also killed her like in the reality. Tempo was cool. We should have seen more from her, but yeah. But whatever. They could always fucking bring her back. It's not like they don't do that shit without an explanation anyway. But yeah, and then suddenly, you know, Banshee is there and Hope is there. And, you know, Scott goes to confront them and Banshee looked like shit. Yep. He looked fucking awful. And it hurts me. It physically hurts me to say that Greg Land's art of Banshee was a million times better than this art of Banshee. So, yeah. But Hope just fucking is just yelling at scott and it was so weird like she wants to assassinate this politician she shoots the politician allegedly we don't see the body we just assume she's dead i don't know 
But the one shot she does get off that connects is apparently to Scott. And he loses a fucking eye. And that is so, so hurtful. That's so hurtful. You did not need to take one of his eyes. He had that visor. The visor made him look like a cyclops. You didn't have to take his eye away, too. It's really fucked up. I was really upset. Well, you know what? They could have killed him again. And just think about it that way. Stop it. So he lost an eye. Big deal. He was already called Cyclops. Now it's more fitting. I hope Jean loses an eye. And no. then we'll see how she, we'll see how Patty no. feels when Jean Grey loses an no. eye. Yeah. So when Wolverine is like, oh, well, that's it. Now you fucked up. Now I'm going to kill you to hope. You know, and he just like impales her on the claws. Yeah. He's like, she's like, wait, you forgot something. Who the fuck I am. And just zaps him with the eye beams. And she's like, thanks, dad. It's pronounced Zark, not Zap, Patty. Zark? <laughs> yeah, that is the correct onomatopoeia. Whatever. No, honestly, that was legitimately pretty cool, uh, how she just blasted him. And, but, of course, she survived. They tell us later. We don't yeah, see her. Yeah, but she stole his healing factor, which yeah. I figured. Yeah. So Dark Beast was helping Scott. So he, yeah. like, Scott, like, woke up and Dark Beast was there. And was it Alex who came in yeah. and was like... Oh, you're not supposed to, you know, be in be here unsupervised. And Dark Beast was like, that's okay. I have other patients anyway. You know, Scott and Alex are just talking for a while and they're like, what? Yeah, so he, like, helped all of the new mutants stop being warlocks. Oh, my God. Ugh. So, yeah, that was uh, that was weird. I don't know why they would agree to have him help them yeah i don't know but they are seemingly back to normal uh -uh. question mark yeah bullshit there's something weird going on there i think and it was like oh well we had to put the warlock virus somewhere so we we put it on a dupe of jamie and the dupe of jamie was like saying kill me please like what what the fuck though like scott is really only gonna have one eye now and then also what the fuck about his powers because it looks like he's gonna he's about to shoot a beam and then he gets like this Really intense head pain. I don't know, so that's really upsetting. What's going to happen with him? Is, is like he going to be cut off from his powers now? Is this going to be able to be reversed or something? I don't fucking know. But the four New Mutants women being back to normal is stupid. They can't. This can't be actually normal because they should be fighting. Like They should be mad at karma. They shouldn't be full of smiles and shit. What the fuck happened to Banshee? Yeah, I was wondering that too. I, oh, they, just, they, like, left, they him left him on a roof. roof. But like, what? But he was ready to, like, attack them. I, I don't think know. that it was because he was being controlled by Hope. So I think that he just needs to be, like, steered in some direction and he'll attack because he's kind of still, like, brain dead. Well, I'm sort of. I feel like he still looks like he is, but he, I mean, that, he snapped out of that. Allegedly, in Astonishing yeah, X-Men at the I end know. of that. So, I don't know. I think Warlock Jamie is going to be around for a little bit, as sad as that is. But, like, I'm looking at this and there's just, like... So much misplaced trust <laughs> all over the place. You've got, you know, like, Scott questioning Captain America, but, like, willing to trust Val Cooper, and Steve's like, don't trust don't trust her. Scott's also willing to trust Dark Beast, and, like, look what happened. The new Mutants women were ready to trust him, too. What the fuck is going on with Hope? Why is she... Like, I get that she's upset, but, like, to go this far to actually fucking shoot him... I don't know. This is all just very weird, but it's really it's building up a lot of really good suspense and I'm I'm constantly actively excited 
to see what's going to happen next in this series since since the Age of X-Men people went away. Yeah, I don't know. I got the eye thing spoiled for me, and it seemed to me like Hope was just kind of ready to shoot at Scott. Like, she was just pointing at him, but then, like, oh, Wolverine. Wolverine made her, like, press the trigger. She didn't mean to shoot him. That's an interesting idea. You might be right about that. I am that. pretty sure that's what happened. No, no, no. Well, what, what, yeah. I mean, she had the gun pointed. Wolverine leapt at her. And that, that panel was like they collided and then bang. So you might be right that that impact is what caused her to, is what caused her to fire. God fucking damn it, Logan. What a fucking asshole. He comes back from the dead and this is, this is what he does. First thing, fucking takes out his eye. That's, that's fantastic. But Scott can grow out the hair. Grow out the hair. He was beautiful. Uh, He's beautiful with the uh, hair. All right, so moving on to Apocalypse and the Extracts, number two. And I love the visuals of Unveil, the colors. It's very trippy. I don't know, it kind of pops a little bit more than everything else. But it opens with a flashback. Shadowcat was in the Wingard Rehabilitation Center. And, you know, Apocalypse walks in. I'm sorry, that's what I'm going to call him. I'm just used to it. We reject isolation. We breathe as one. We'd like you to join us. And cool. So he uses Shadow Cat to go to the hatchery because Apocalypse wants a baby. So Apocalypse steals a baby. So that was cool. Good? Good. (laughs) Yeah? He got what he wanted. (laughs) That's your stance on baby snatching? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, Fantastic. Okay, but but, okay, with these, they don't really have parents, so like nobody's going to miss them. (laughs) <laughs> so i think baby snatching in this world is uh oh my god like a, Patty, vic- stop. a victimless do crime be pro baby snatching <laughs> i don't care what world we live in just please but this was creepy because this is where colossus as far as i know unless we get more flashbacks and other shit this is where colossus first saw shadow cat you see like the outline of him and he's like please come back and then he's painting pictures of her and shit. That's fucking creepy. That's not romantic. Why are you not all over this, Patty? Okay, so I was thinking that he could remember her, kind of what she looked like from, like, the real world. Okay. I didn't think he was just, like, obsessed with this girl in, like, a very you, the the series kind of way. I thought that he was just trying to remember what she look like, the lady that he loved in the real world. I don't know. So he he did that too. Um, After the X-Men quote-unquote died in the Outback era and like went through the Siege Perilous and oh. lost their memories, he kept drawing a picture of some girl that he didn't know. No, I get you. But like, okay. But in this case, like he's clearly obsessed with her but he's taking like a hard we'll talk about it a little bit when we get to the next comic we're talking about but he's taking like a hard line against community and affection like he's really gung-ho about you know fuck apocalypse and the extracts i don't know stop stalking women everybody <laughs> i like her with the longer hair yeah i'm glad that that, that we're seeing that back but and then we cut to some action the rest of the team goes looking for the communist mutant and uh, Genesis is really annoying, and iBoy thinks so too, because iBoy is awesome. And then this fucking Siberian and his team show up. A couple of them looked really interesting, especially the one dude who spits tiny versions of himself 
yeah, out of his I mouth? Think, I think they're called matroshka. Those little dolls that have little dolls in them. Yeah. You know, and then you pop oh, them yeah. out and then they make, yeah, that's what I think they're called. Oh, we have one of those in Do the you? basement. Yeah. Cool. From Slovakia. Yay. Yeah, because cause my grandma. Represent. My family, yeah. This guy this guy was spitting them out. Yeah, it was but kind it's, of like, it's similar. It was kind of like a remix of Tusk. You remember him? You remember him, that mutate that looked kind of like a little bit like a bull? And he had a, his little friends pop out of his back? Nope. <laughs> so anyway, no, I thought that they were neat looking. But, like, Dazzler is barely doing anything. You, like, see, like, a couple of, like... The colors, like the little flashes of color. And I'm like, she's more powerful than that. There's got to be some sound going on, enough sound where she could like let loose and really blast them. But that's really a small complaint because we got iBoy whipping out the guns and shooting oh them. Oh my God. All of those scenes were fucking, fucking amazing. Amazing. And oh my God. I was like, why doesn't iBoy always use a gun? Like, <laughs> that would be perfect for him. Yeah. And uh, so then we find out that they're rubber bullets, and I'm like, you I was so bitch. upset. I was so upset. I mean, listen, it makes sense with, like, their mission and who they are. But, yeah, I, I agree. That was disappointing to find out they were rubber bullets. I do like I do like the artist, but, like, this this sequence with iBoy was drawn so fucking well. And it was the one big page of just him on top with the two guns pointed, like, you know, toward uh, the reader, and then like those few panels going down with eyes looking. And it was, I don't know, so good. I loved, I loved that. But then you know they don't do anything to the Siberian. So fucking Dazzler tells Genesis to scream, and then she can take everybody out. But again, I call bullshit because after she lets loose this big blast, she looks like she's passing out. She has gone bigger with less effort. So that's what she said. Yeah, thank you. So I really don't think that Dazzler and her powers are being characterized very well here. You can call that nitpicking, but it's true. Do your fucking homework. Read the Dazzler series from the 80s. It was amazing. Uh, it was not amazing. It was amazing. amazing. The 80s were the best. Except for Dazzler the movie, the comic book. That was bad. We talked about that like last year. It was bad. Don't read that. Or read it, but and also be mad. It's bad. So then after that, there's they're just fucking trying to regroup. And Omega Red, we don't see him, but he leaves a note that iBoy can see. And I really, I want to like this book, but I can't really like it. There's been very little conflict. When there is, it hasn't been enough. iBoy, the couple, like the two pages with iBoy was like the most we got, and it was great, but that's not enough to carry this book. Genesis is really annoying, uh, because he doesn't believe in the cause and just, like, wants to impress his dad. But how do we, like, know that? It just seems like they're telling us that and they're not showing that very much. Um, yeah, no, I agree. When when iBoy said that, I was like, how do we know that? Yeah, because it's like they're, they have to tell us that instead of showing us that. And it's the same thing with Omega Red at the end. Like, they don't even show him. He kills the Siberian's team and leaves the note. And iBoy tells us what's going on. It doesn't make sense for him to just sit there and read that. And it, and it stinks. I, I really had such high hopes for this book. And, and it's really disappointing. Obviously, I'm going to keep reading it. I hope it gets better. But I don't know. I don't know at this point. I mean, I don't hate it as much as you. But, cool. Well, um, fine. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing Omega Red if we see him. Um... <laughs> I think that's interesting, how he would fit in with this book somehow. 
You know why he should show up, though? Because if these people are all about touching and kissing and being communal and stuff, what better guy for that job than the man with tentacles? Exactly. Like, seriously. That's what I'm saying. Put those fucking tentacles to use. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Everybody has to do their job. (laughs) This is yours. (laughs) He's the guy who tickles with his tentacles. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So next comic we're talking about is Marvelous X-Men, number three. And it opens with metaphor time. Superstorms rely on tension between the elements to rise. Did you catch that? I did catch that. Did you? Yes. Okay, good. We, we've, had, we've had our share of superstorms <laughs> on the East Coast. Yes, we had Super one. Superstorm Sandy. We had the one. Her name was Sandy. Sandy. Sandra, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy, if you're naughty. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get naughty with the superstorm? No, that was a reference uh, to something. I don't, your I don't remember. Uh. <laughs> uh, that was a good time. It was a good time. Lost power for seven days. Yeah. That's that fantastic. No, this was really interesting, though. See, there, there's like no punches being thrown, but there's still tension. There's still good characterization and still good story. You know, Storm's thoughts at the beginning... Like, oh, Storm must love weather missions. And she's like, no, because pushing back against nature requires balance. Like, you can't just force that all the time. Harmony can only be fully realized in the aftermath of strife. That was a great quote. And also, strife is a villain, so. Yeah, but but not this, not this. See, this is spelled strife. Yes. You're thinking strife. Oh, yeah. you, I got stri- you. Wife. I got you. Yeah. With the Y? Alright, so 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 some conflict starts to come up when they're having like these split opinions when Apocalypse is on TV. You know, some of them want to watch it and some of them want to turn the TV off because they're getting mad. But it's like, let's learn about who he is and what his message is in order to be prepared for him. And Colossus gets pissed and he finally smashes the TV because that is the appropriate response. Uh, White man, things. am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... uh. You know, Laura and Kurt are like, we're, we're pacifists, but Magneto and Colossus want to fight them because there's, they're going to bring some message on Xavier Day. And obviously there's going to be there's going to be a fucking fight. Doesn't matter if they're pacifists, there's going to be a fucking fight. So like last issue, Magneto saw these visions. You know, a bunch of characters have been getting. Storm saw it too because they were real for everyone to see for some reason. And, you know, like... Like, Magneto doesn't want to discuss it with anyone. Aurora does. They go off into the sky, and they're, like, having their own secret conversation. But Nate knows. And then Nate shows up, because Nate is a giant fucking perv, and he's fucking peeping at everyone at all times. He's a peeping Nate, and I don't care what anybody says. Uh, But then he takes him to the Rocky Mountains, and it's the Phoenix. That's just what we need. We need more stories with the Phoenix. I, I saw that, and I was just like, why? Are you? Yes. You, Patty? Yes, yes, me, Patty. Of all people. Yes. Are tired of the Phoenix. Yeah. What <laughs> what has this tax season done to you? It's it's been rough. Let me tell you that. <laughs> we need to get the Phoenix Force for Patty. Yeah, I need a new spine. Get the <laughs> get the Phoenix Force to I, just manifest me a new spine. I am fire and accounting incarnate. <laughs> I am Patty. That's that's me. Hear me roar. Exactly. Uh, but 
but like, but it wasn't it wasn't the Phoenix Phoenix. It was Cyclops Phoenix. It wasn't Phoenix Arizona Phoenix. <laughs> it was Cyclops Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> they he forced them to watch that whole scene unfold between Cyclops Phoenix killing Xavier and Magneto was like, no, stop. And he's like, yeah, you have to watch it because yep. I'm God now. Fuck yep. you. Yeah, I was I was so hoping for the Phoenix Force to be the explanation behind everything. Now, never mind this life seed. Never mind this life. This is just Phoenix Force powered Nate Gray. That's what this whole Age of X-Men thing is about. No, but, you know, Magneto realizes that Nate is in his head. And, uh, and Nate's like, yo, the last few years have been so hard on mutant kind, trying to give, trying to give us the story we deserve. And Magneto and Storm go to attack, and then boom, and then he sends them home. And are they gonna forget? Like, are they really gonna forget? Now Nate says that they will, but you know, obviously characters keep getting glimpses of things. Like, are they gonna get the feeling that something was wrong? I don't know. The issue was great at building tension. It was really, really great. Showed even more of Nate's thought process and, like, reasoning behind his actions. And also how, like, somebody is forcing his ideas onto, like, other people. He wants to control all of them. And I don't know. But, you know, I mean, at some point, punches are going to start being thrown. We still haven't gotten an explanation about why Colossus only has one arm. And I thought I saw, I think, Zach Thompson tweet that, like, we'll find that out. Like a while oh, ago. Oh, it's though. not it's not just gonna be like a random character design. There's gonna be a reason. Why would they do that? <laughs> I don't know. Why did they give Laura that haircut? <laughs> Why do they do anything? I don't know. Hair will grow back. Arms do not. You don't know that. Unless you're anal, your arm does not grow back. You don't know that. Are you anal? Oh no. In Major X we found out that Cable's arm will just grow back, remember? <laughs> Fine. Aside from Cable and Anal and the lizard, arms don't just grow back, Patty. You can't just go to the arm patch and pick out a new one. I wish. <laughs> Alright. No, it wasn't it wasn't just a random decision. We're gonna find out. I hope it's that he masturbated too hard for too long. And that's the message in the age of X Man. You masturbate too much, you lose an arm. Oh, maybe it's like that kind of like severe punishment where, you know, like if you steal a loaf of bread, you get your hand cut off like in Aladdin or whatever. And also real life in certain places. Well, you know, you're making a joke, but that could be it. He is from communist Russia in this world. Like originally, maybe he got punished somehow for being a part of that. You know what I mean? Maybe. So maybe that's why. I'm a genius. You are a genius. Don't let anybody ever tell you different. <clears throat> I don't. Uh, next, we're talking about Prisoner X number two. And first, I have to say, I fucking love that Polaris cover by Patch Zerker. It's it's fucking... Sorry if I mispronounced that. It's fucking amazing. I love that cover art. The Bishop doesn't understand why everyone is treating him like shit. That mysterious note he got in the last issue he's carrying around with him... His other inmates are, like, throwing it around, playing keep away, and, like, teasing him. And then the one fucking blows her nose in it. That was so disgusting. Yeah, no, it was. Does does he not remember that he was an X-Man? No. Okay, then that's why. (laughs) (laughs) You figured it out. I figured out why nobody likes him. Let's move on to the next comic. All right. (laughs) That's it. The answer to the whole story right there. Patty explains it all. Yeah, (laughs) 
So Polaris was being really fucking adorable and turning pages in this book with her nose. Why is this all about nose stuff? The one blows her nose on a note she shouldn't have. Polaris is nosing her way through a book like she shouldn't have. Maybe the the writer has a nose fetish. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Gross. Pick that, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So Bishop is asking her why, and she thinks that she's in a straitjacket, so she can't use her arms because Gabby told her that. And that was depressing. That was really sad. That was the real depressing moment, folks. I was literally laughing when I saw her, like, her arms wrapped and nosing through the book. And Bishop was like, WTEF. But then, yeah, then she actually thinks that she's, like, in a straitjacket. And then it's like, oh, man, I'm a bad person. Okay. Uh, that was, that was, that was sad. So, yeah, but then, then Bishop meets up with, uh, Beast again. And, you know, Beast acts like a douche, just like he did in the first issue, just like he always does. But he's doing that mostly for show. Just to, like, keep himself safe. And that's actually smarter than I thought it was going to be. I thought he was just going to be, you know, like, stupid and, you know, uber fucking aggressive and whatever. But apparently not. What I thought was really interesting here, though, right, is, like, the 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 whole time, you know, like, all those inmates playing keep away. The thing with Lorna, Gabby kind of being a bitch to fucking Bishop and Beast being a bitch and trying to fight him. All that kind of shit. For the most part, Bishop is keeping his cool. And that's really interesting because he doesn't remember. He doesn't remember what side he was on. He doesn't remember his time with the X-Men. It just seems like he's naturally a good person. And I thought that that was really interesting. The writer, Vita Ayala, again, sorry if I butchered that, is really doing a great job at painting Bishop as a sympathetic character without like explicitly stating that. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is because... uh like. I've never really cared about Bishop too much as a character. Racist. (laughs) I always thought that he was just kind of, like, too, Uh like, by the rules, kind of. Like, you know, like, every, like, well, we're the good guys. We can't ever, you know. We can't pick our noses. We can't pick our noses. We can't smoke marijuana. But we can pick our friends' noses. (laughs) Yeah, no, so I thought that was interesting, and then there was this run-in with Shard. He was talking to Danny at the time, and she, like, ran away for some reason that we don't know. As soon as Shard showed up, she ran away. Yeah. That was really weird. And so I'm like, so what the fuck is Shard doing? Bishop, Bishop doesn't know who she is. It's his sister. No, I, I know. that's his sister, and she's dead. I know. Can you tell him? (laughs) We appreciate should... appreciate your time with her in this world because somebody, you won't see her again. Somebody should tell Bishop. Yeah. Somebody should tell Bishop that that's his sister and that she's dead. Yeah. And that that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but this isn't real world. This <laughs> is just fantasy. <laughs> Are we caught in a rock slide? Easy come, easy come. Caught in a rock slide. No escape from alternate reality. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's remix time. <laughs> We're going to remix like the best song ever written right now. Yes. Yes. Live. Okay. Okay, let's move on. All right. You skipped one of my favorite things, though. You okay. Skip- okay. I didn't get the joke. Listen, what did the fish say when it bumped its head? What? Dam. Uh-huh. Do you not get that? Like a, like a beaver dam. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll do the beaver dam. Fine. He bumped his head on the dam. And he said, damn. Uh, do you get it? Uh, yes. Patty, that's the fucking best joke. That was one of my fucking highlights of this issue. <laughs> 
Can you please, please? Yes, back, I love please it. Please give it to me. Yeah. Come on. Oh, man. I love That's that so joke. good. <laughs> but then the girl was like, I need new friends. <laughs> that is literally people talking to me when I make puns. So I really identify with that guy. So, yeah. So, it, like, at the end of the conversation with Shard, this fucking other bishop <laughs> comes out from the shadows and punches... Our bishop? And then there's a bunch more bishops who come along. Bunch of bishops. Bunch of bishops. Yeah. And they just start, like, beating the shit out of him. Yeah. That was weird. It was really weird, but it was also kind of interesting to see all these different versions of bishop at the same time. And then, I don't know, these weird-looking fucking guards, one of them goes in to forge, and he's just like, do it. Do it. He's like, do what? What What happened? And, you know, but obviously you know something's wrong because, like, like all the walls start crumbling away. Everything looks fucking weird. Like, maybe it's the astral plane or something. And then all of a sudden he's being carried back into his cell and he looks all fucked up. And I'm thinking, like, there was a glimpse of the Shadow King the last issue. There was? There was, yeah. Like, one panel when Bishop was having, like, his little, like, flashbacks of the real world. I remember this specifically because I fucking hate spiders. And, of course, it was Shadow King as the half-spider. So, I'm wondering if he's doing that somehow. And we haven't, we just, like, haven't seen him yet. I don't know. I'm thinking, like, why would they show that panel of him in the last issue to, like, not have somebody who could do something like this on this sort of scale? Uh, So, I don't know. So, I think it might be him. But I really, I really think that this is an interesting series so far. Uh, I don't feel like this served to advance the story very much but it seemed to hint at more going on with the prison than we think but i enjoyed seeing a lot more bishop in this setting i thought that this reveal about polaris was super effective and interesting and that beast reveal was interesting so i don't know i liked it yeah no i really liked it too still think beast is an asshole still hate that's fine yeah polaris adorable gabby bitch give me more adjectives bishop okay (laughs) (laughs) and we're going to talk about next major x number one this book either made no sense or i was very tired but i do not want to reread it because i did not like it why what what was wrong about this this was mr liefeld's opus right here his magnum opus if you will his magnum opening (laughs) the magnum for his opening what does that even mean? He's oh, a magnum a condom. Oh. Yeah, for his opening. I see where you brought that. Mr. Liefeld takes big dicks in the butt. Okay. This is what I'm saying. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, <laughs> Mr. Liefeld. So, yeah, I I was getting confused because he kept talking about the essential. And, yeah, I thought it was the place... And then I got halfway through and I was like, no, it's a person. And then I realized I was getting confused between essential and existence. Yeah. Because, uh... completely different things, Patty. Yeah, but they both both started with X dash blah. (laughs) Yes. So... Right. It was that thing where your... X dash blah. Your brain starts thinking... You know what's coming. So I was just reading it as like the same thing. So I was like, 
So is it a person or is it a place? It's a noun. Or is it both? It's... But we have narrowed it down to the fact that it is indeed a noun, regardless of what's going on. I don't remember. X-Factor, X-Force, X-Men, it was X-Blah. It was one of, it was one of those. It was a noun. <laughs> All right. So, listen, if you didn't read Major X number one, you don't need to. We're going to give you the lowdown. We're going to give you the down low. We're going to give you the low five right now. <laughs> so so I'm glad I read this twice, honestly, because I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was just going to be like kind of silly and dumb. But I, 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 my first read through, I only had like a couple of things that I thought were OK. And I literally laughed out loud at this a lot. The second read through, I was able to find a few, <laughs> a few more things to appreciate. I thought you were but, gonna say to laugh at, but 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 still, I I wouldn't necessarily recommend this to anybody. So now this opens with this opens after a battle with the new mutants, which which kind of stinks because I would have liked to have seen that. Now the art on the first page was great. I wasn't happy to see Domino bleeding from the mouth like out on the ground, but still good art. You Next. consider this good art? Yes. Okay. The next page. The next page. What is right in the middle is is his crotch. His crotch is front and fucking center, and it looks like he stuffs it. It looked like there was just a big fucking sock rolled up in his fucking X crotch. So, um... Major crotch stuffing. Okay, well, I'm glad that you noticed that, too, but he has a really weird way of drawing crotches where he draws this, like, blank space and then this like halo effect in like a circle around it yeah just a halo around the cock yeah it's but, a cock ring but uh it's a major co- it's just, major x cock ring now like, available on robliefeld.com get those major x cock rings it's just like a bunch of dashes like in a circle around their genitals i don't know if you've ever noticed that i was reading the old issues of new mutants and i was like oh they always have this a side effect of the rob liefeld cock rings sometimes you get dashes around the crotch <laughs> anyway yeah it's just a fucking big splash page with major with major crotch going on and beast is with him and you know they're fighting obviously because what are we gonna do in in this book but fight and i noticed uh was it like the third or fourth page or something cable's arm was off panel and it was not colored in just part of it and it was really weird. Really? And I didn't even notice that. I noticed that the first time I read through it. I, I just, nobody caught that. And this fight, you know, the characters were like too big for the action to look good. And that kind of stinks. Because we can all talk shit. He's drawn some good action sequences. Yeah. And like Beast leaps like he's going to maul Cable. And Beast is really fucking huge. But then in like the next panel... It looks like Beast missed mauling him and wants to go down on Cable. And then Cable's hand gets cut off. And I was like, we got a fucking Luke Skywalker. Like, what the fuck was that? And then he just knocks Cable out. And and then Beast is like, you know, you'll figure out what to do, Major, because the alternative is too horrible to consider. And again, this was one of those laugh out loud moments because the dialogue was just so bad. It was so bad. So So much of this dialogue was just so bad. Also, we know that this is not the 616 beast because he's gray. Yes. So right away, you know that this is not our beast. Hashtag not our beast. (laughs) 
McCoy. <laughs> McCoy. McCoy. It's the M-Coy. M-Coy. It's the M-Coy. <laughs> How the fuck are He's the M-Coy s- fish. Uh, you got like your M-Coy pond? You know what I mean? M-Coy. Yeah, the M-Coy. Okay. <laughs> They're sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> Wait, whoa, what? McCoy. <laughs> Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> it's the McCoy fish fillet sandwich. <laughs> No, that's sad. Don't say it <laughs> like that. Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then flashback. The, the He's driving a motorcycle. And it reminded me of that Geico insurance commercial <laughs> where he's just driving a motorcycle the entire time and all it is is different angles of him riding a motorcycle. <laughs> so you know he loves motorcycles. Yeah. We, just different angles of motorcycles. Yeah. The So we find out because we're literally told that the ex Enchil is a thing like a person and he's fragile. <laughs> he's a fragile boy. And then suddenly the ex Istance is falling apart. The ex Enchil is, <laughs> is missing. Oh, no. Beast is called Nkoi. And, and we have the... Uh... The motorcycle. The X the X copter. The X cycle. The X copter. <laughs> no, it's not the X cycle. It's mother bike. Excuse you. Uh, that's but why is it called mother bike? Who's the mother? Rob Liefeld shouting his... out to his mother. <laughs> so so is so we know we know spoilers what? that Major X's dad is Cable. So is the bike his whoa, mom? Whoa, 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 whoa! People are listening and haven't read this issue, Patty. <laughs> you just spoiled the biggest twist of the 21st century. So the bike is his mom. So Cable whoa. fucked the, the bike. Cable fucked the bike. Oh my God, Patty! <laughs> Patty, what are we doing? <laughs> okay. So so everything everything that that Patty said is true, uh, but, <laughs> including but, cable fucking a bike. Yeah, but yeah, Major X literally tells us everything through the fucking like the the, the motorcycle scene. The, yeah, the motorcycle scene. Where it he's is. riding his mom. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where we don't see anything. We don't like. Like and I, and I have to be honest. I thought some of the art here was actually was actually cool. <laughs> I thought Major X's mother bike was, <laughs> looked looked cool. I'm not even a motorcycle guy, but I thought it was neat. I would ride his mom. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you ride his mom? She looks like a good ride. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. But you ride one mom, you've ridden them all. <laughs> <laughs> But but he just tells us about this stuff. Wars are long past. Mutants mutants aren't feared or hunted. And like, okay, gruff protective loner, but like any sort of like art would have been cool. And that sucks. But then it gets even worse because yeah, eventually we find out that Beast is M, M- apostrophe Koi K O Y. Uh we find out the name he named his bike Mother Bike, because it's his mom. <laughs> And then we get the lines, the warp drive is untested, but it's our only chance. Prepare for warp slide. Like, that is actual dialogue. That's From some... Star Wars. <laughs> what? Prepare for warp speed. <laughs> Isn't that the line from Star Wars? <laughs> but, all right. So, as bad as the dialogue is, and it is, 
there were, again, there were some good uses of panels here. You know, the place, the world is falling apart. And, like, as you look at the panels, it gives you the sense that shit's going wrong. And there's one panel that's sort of, like, even pointing down to nothing at the bottom of the page. And I thought that that was kind of effective. So I, I have to give credit. You can curl your lip all you want at this, <laughs> really. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so much was wrong and bad about this. And that's why I was laughing throughout so much of it the first time. Like, I couldn't take it seriously. And even the second read-through, no, it's not good, but I was able to find a couple of things in here that were actually, like, I could put it in, like, a plus column. But so much of this issue was just corny fighting. Like, with Wolverine, Wolverine says, like, Wolverine shows up for no fucking reason and starts trying to throw down with this guy. And he says to Hank, you're bigger and thicker. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? (laughs) Like, like, yeah. Yeah. Cable looks ridiculous. Wolverine looks ridiculous. And, and, oh, you guys, you guys who have not read this issue, if you thought, if you thought that, that it could not get worse, Dreadpool shows up. At first, I didn't realize that that wasn't Deadpool. Same. And, I agree with you. <laughs> and also, I thought that it was a typo in his name. <laughs> And then Deadpool showed up, and I was like, then who the fuck is Dreadpool? What is this other guy? Why are they fighting? What is the point of everything? I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke. Like, he was going to say, like, Dreadpool. And, like, you know, JK, Deadpool. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. By this time, the New Mutants, like, wake up. They were unconscious from that fight we never saw. And Domino goes after Dreadpool, and Dreadpool says to Domino, and you hit like a girl. And my thought was, shut the fuck up. And I'm saying that not to Dreadpool. I'm saying but to that to Le- Liefeld. I'm saying that to Liefeld. Yeah, it's it's 2018. Nope. Um, it is 2019. <laughs> 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 I have not heard that insult since the 90s. You need to step up your fucking game. Liefeld is still living perpetually in the 90s as a 23 year old man, baby. Who knows five characters, two of which are Deadpool, apparently. One is Cable. One is some other guy who looks like Deadpool with a helmet and a motorcycle. And Wolverine and Beast. That's it. Those are the characters he knows. That's why he has to throw Wolverine in there. That's that's what my thoughts are. Yes. Yes. Thank you for your analyses. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, when he was explaining all of these, all of these words about his... His whatever dying and this this dying and that dying and whatever. I was just like, I don't give a shit. They don't take the time to set it up. It just jumps right into the action. And there's no reason to care about this character. So why the fuck do you care about his world falling apart? He's like beating up all these heroes. There's no reason for any of them to be fighting. And all, that's all they're doing in this entire issue. It's just fucking fighting with each other. Like, there's n- literally no need and no fucking reason for it. And listen, I think as recent as last episode, maybe, I was complaining, again, about overuse of Deadpool. And I did on social media, too. A lot of it has to do with who's writing. Some of it has to do with... Like the actual you, like what he's in the issue for, what purpose he's serving, and sometimes there's stupid and no purpose. But I was relieved when Deadpool showed up in this issue because he did. He actually made a very funny entrance and then kicked the shit out of Dreadpool, and I fucking loved that. And there was a joke in here that was wonderful. 
Deadpool says to Dreadpool, who's under the shiny helmet? Slade, is that you? I thought that was hilarious. I love that. The problem is, is you need to not tell us that the stakes are high. You need to show us. You need to give us that feeling. You need to have the reader, like, discover that for themselves. But almost at the very end of this issue, Major X literally says, the stakes cannot be higher. And Cable says, I know now who you are, son. Go ahead and reveal yourself for all to see. That's the dialogue. And fucking Judge Dredd, Boba Fett, takes off the fucking helmet and says, I'm Alexander Nathaniel Summers, father. And I laughed out loud. I said, it could not be it. And, and, and that was it. This was not, this book was not good. It was, it was not. This book was a pile of garbage, and honestly, I don't know if I could have made a worse comic book if I tried my hardest. It was just, it was just so bad. I have not heard anybody say anything good about this book. Even, (laughs) even, okay, so I will preface it by saying this. I have heard even lifelong Liefeld fans say that this book is a piece of shit and give it like a 2 out of 10. Yeah, I've seen reviews like that. It's funny because Liefeld is only retweeting good reviews that he got because, again, he is a 23-year-old man, baby. (laughs) And, like, I don't know where the fuck he's finding these positive reviews. He must have, like, a Google alert for his name so that anytime it pops up, he can, you know, retweet nice things that people say about his work. So this was a funny little tidbit that I saw on Facebook that... The writers for Spider-Man and Deadpool thought that Major X was coming out last week. So they put a cameo of Major X or Uh, the cover or something or the cover of Deadpool. It was on something. And so it actually technically came out before Major X (laughs) and Liefeld was pissed, which was fucking hilarious. And he like put out this tweet that said that doesn't count major x is the first appearance of major x and i will never sign a copy of that book yeah like the like the other one where major x first appeared (laughs) yeah i i thought that there could never be anything funnier to ever happen and i am so glad that that happened i this is me personally i don't disparage anybody who hates his art just 100 across the board hates it because i see it there are there are drawings that he does and that he has done, and I see the good in it. It's not all total garbage. Is it the greatest shit I've ever seen? Absolutely not. Oh. But it's passable as art. There were there were parts where Major X's arms were way too small for his body. Oh, there were. No, they no, were yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, you, and you'd have to go back. I, I went back and uh, for the third time and just flipped through it to, to double check. There are some panels where like his... His abdomen is, like, elongated, so, like, the arms come up really short. Yeah. So it's really weird. He's really bad with proportions. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, so, yeah, there you go. Major X. So have you enjoyed thumbing through Prisoner X or maybe nosing through it? Are you happy that Major X exists or did it fill you with Dreadpool? You stay right there, Mkoy. Okay? While we take a quick commercial break. Feeling like your nerdiness is weak. Don't be so bleak. We have what you seek, geek. Geekhey.com is a website to get your geek to its peak. 
Looking chic on fleek. Yes, I used that term correctly. With podcasts, articles, and videos, geekade.com will make you the bomb. And all of your friends will be calling you a dumb. With all your aplomb. Yes, that's a word, and it means self-confident. Geekade.com covers comics and video games, TV and tabletop, so checking out this website will make you the cream of the crap. Don't be a flop. Go to Geekade to be a top. Yes, I said a top, as in sexually. The website that'll make you say, hey, go to geekade.com today. We here at Mutant Musings headquarters have decided to do a summer series of episodes. July, August, and September will each have one bonus episode, and we need your help. For our July episode, we're going to discuss three episodes of X-Men the Animated Series, and you get to help us pick those episodes. You can get in touch with us by sending us a direct message on either Twitter or Instagram, or even Facebook, if you know who we are or which of the many X-Men groups we're a part of. Pick one, two, or three episodes, but you have to tell us briefly why we should talk about it. Want to hear us make dumb jokes about a cartoon and do terrible impressions of voices from X-Men the Animated Series from an episode you picked? You can help make it happen. Get in touch with us starting right now. For this month's Mutant Memories, we are going to be talking about the Mutant Liberation Front in the issues New Mutants 86, 87, 93, and 94 by Louise Simonson, my grandma. Good love. And Rob Liefeld, me. <laughs> yeah, so talking more about Liefeld. This is this is shit on Liefeld month. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Every month is that month. No, obviously we're not going to get too in-depth into the, into the story. We're just focusing on the mutant liberation front. Um, now, obviously we just kind of shat on Liefeld a lot, but one thing that I do want to say is that he made some very interesting character designs. I do really like the designs of the characters who are in the Mutant Liberation Front. I think they're really cool. The, the stories that are covered in these issues don't give them, like, too much story, like, at all. Well, that's kind of what he did. He designed, and I'll, I'll give this to him, he did design really cool characters. Yeah. But he did absolutely no follow-through. And he had a million ideas and just, like, left them. Or, and just yeah, and nobody ever brought them up again. Like even even when he wrote Deadpool, Deadpool didn't start off as an interesting character at all. Right, he wasn't funny. He <clears throat> was just another yeah. random guy. He was a little annoying. Yeah, he was an- annoying. It wasn't until you know Nicieza and other writers actually gave him some kind of personality that made him interesting. So. Yeah. Honestly, I don't really credit Lightfelds for creating Deadpool, but... And, uh, you know, it was interesting. Uh, I don't remember what year it was. It was a few years ago. We were at some relatively local... I think it was East Coast Comic Con or something. Nicieza was there. I don't know if you remember, but I brought a couple of books with me featuring Fantasia. Yes, I remember. I wanted to talk to him. And, like... Nicieza didn't even remember her name. He was like, oh, Phantasm, Phantasm. I'm like, I don't, don't blame the guy. She was never a big character, and it's it's Eight. been like 28 years, something like that. Yes, yeah, she first appeared 27 years. But um, he stated that. And when I asked him about, um, she was reading uh, a book on astrophysics. And I'm like, what was this supposed to be? She had a PhD. And he was like, 
I was just trying to do something with her. You know, Rob designed her, but, like, he didn't give anything for the character, so I was trying to give her something. And then he brought up Deadpool, and he was like, I'm the one, you know, who gave him the cancer and everything and, like, really fleshed out the character, but Rob is the one who designed him. And so that's kind of a testament to, like, all these characters. You can come up with these interesting and cool designs, maybe even some powers, but doesn't really give them much. It's not that big of a deal, I mean, there were a, there are a bunch of characters in the Mutant Liberation Front, and you can't you can't focus. They're not the focus of the story. You can't give each one of them like this big detailed backstory immediately. But I don't really feel like they got very much over time. But nope. That's that's a discussion for another time. But anyway, you know, they first appear sort of at the end of New Mutants eighty six when they're breaking into some energy facility, and a mistake right off the bat is Wildside calls Tempo Strobe. Not that anybody would have known the difference yet, but anyway, they blow up this energy facility and teleport out, out of there. And so you get this, like, shadowy figure whose face isn't shown, calls an employee from the energy facility and says, Mutant Liberation Fund is responsible, and until Rusty and Skids are free, they're going to blow up more symbols of humanity's prosperity. And so that's cool. You know, Wildside has, like, this big, huge grin, tick, tick, boom, everything blows up. Strife is set up like this Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget type character, so we, all, we know these are all bad guys, so, so that's fine. You don't really need some detailed explanation, it's just they're the bad guys. This is in New Mutants. We know New Mutants are good guys, and these are bad guys. New Mutants 87 opens with them ripping into a second energy research station, and like Strobe melts the wall... Wildside has this weird form of telepathy sort of thing where he messes with the guards' minds. Yeah, it made them invisible. Yeah, so that was kind of weird. But you get, like, the proper introductions, Forearm, Reaper, Wildside, Tempo, and Thumbelina. And the team dynamic was neat for, like, the mission that they had. Tempo is, like, speeding up the time just around them. So, like, the bullets are coming slowly and Strobe is melting them. Forearm and Reaper, like, hitting the guards... And Thumbelina fixes, like, and arms this bomb, and then Zero shows up so they can escape. And Cable is introduced just in time for the explosion, which was funny. But it was a really neat official introduction to the team. They all had really great villainous designs, except for Thumbelina, who's just short and fat. And to Rob Liefeld, a short and fat lady equals villainous. So, (laughs) there you go. I mean, when I first read through these issues, I didn't really care about any of these characters on the MLF. I mean, I thought that, you know, Wildside and Zero looks cool. But other than that, I didn't really care. But, I mean, obviously, because, he's like... He's got a big Zero on his face. That's I know, why he, I think he, he you looks think cool. He's cool. <laughs> I think he's cool. I don't know, I can't tell you why. But just... There were so many teams, and like I said, Liefeld was just creating so many characters just all over the place that, you know, you never really got to know any of the characters, so I thought that this was going to be the same. And there were so many teams of villains at that time that, you know, would just show up once or something and then just not show up again. So I didn't really, like have them stick out too much in my mind other than really liking tempo not in these issues because she didn't really say or do anything but an accent said sugar yeah a couple times yeah that was cute yeah and then of course we have the introduction to cable this issue in which he looks ridiculous i mean based on the setup of you know uh rusty and skids are in jail in a hospital in a hospital jail 
a jail a, hospital? Yes, a jail hospital. Okay, fine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, like, what kind of jail has, like, you can have girls and boys there? I don't know. Whatever. So, they're... Sexy they're... kind of hospitals. That's the kind. The fun kind of jail hospitals. So, the Freedom Force said that Rusty and Skids were responsible for trying to break out Nitro or something, but it was really the Vulture. So... They were, that's the reason that they were locked up. And, you know, just based on what the MLF said, that, you know, their mission was to get Rusty and Skids out, you know, that's something that good guys can do because they didn't do anything. So, yeah, but they don't blow up and kill people. <laughs> it's well, the difference. I mean, <laughs> no, I get what you're saying, but, and, and I, I, I don't disagree with you about all of, like the villainous team, so many characters, and like why, because they just kind of fade into the background. But I thought the timing of this was interesting, you know, because you had Freedom Force who were villains pretending to do these good things, but yeah, they framed Rusty and Scott. Roger Rabbit. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but then, you know, the contrast to that is the Mutant Liberation Front, who's like, oh, we want to help these people. But we're going to do it in a shitty way. So yeah. I feel like it's an interesting contrast, Freedom Force to the Mutant Liberation Front. Obviously, like, that wasn't the reason for the MLF's introduction. It's because of Strife. And that was that was really interesting. He was really fucking badass looking in, in his, like, first big reveal with the fucking spiky mask that if you colored differently would look like a butterfly on his face which i can't get out of my mind today for some reason it's been stuck in my mind all day i don't know why but still it was amazing and like, you can tell how bad he is because Wildside, who works for him says something snarky strife lifts him jokes him and throws him across the room and then he gets put in timeout. he can't go on the next mission so so you know how bad strife is and strife is spelled with a y so, you know, he's serious. You you don't change I to a Y unless you're a really bad person. You know what I mean? Except for Cypher. Cypher's a good boy. Everybody else who does that is bad. So anyway, yeah. So the Mutant Liberation Front goes to break Rusty and Skids out of the fucking hospital prison. And Cable is following them. Cable is following them the entire way in as the Mutant Liberation Front kills all the guards <laughs> in the prison in D.C. Cable just hangs back, watches the murder... I don't know, I think they said, what was it, a lot of guards, 30 guards or something? I don't know, they didn't explicitly show it. But yeah, killed all the guards, and Mr. Harry Muscles lets it all happen. <laughs> until he shoots Tempo, knocks out Reaper, but then Strobe burns his arm. Cable's, oh no. Cable's having all the bad luck. All oh the bad no. luck with his metal limbs. He should he should get a good luck charm. What? Wink. Domino. Oh. oh. I see. Yeah. And as soon as the Mutant Liberation Front drops into the room where Rusty and Skids are being held, Rusty sits up and gets shot. Yeah. Just immediately sits up and gets shot. Well, okay, because the MLF was on TV then and they were, you know, saying that their demands and so the police or whoever it was thought that they were trying to escape and Strobe is, uh, you know, saying like, come with us, whatever, Skids is like, no, you're bad guys. We can't go with bad guys. We're the good guys. And Strobe is like, well, if we're the terrorists, how come they shot your boyfriend? And, and she makes a great point. Yes. So Skids is like, yeah, we'll go. Whatever. Yeah. Fucking fuck it. Yeah. So that was good. That was that was very interesting, and it made sense. You know, the writing here made sense. I think it would have been, I think it would have been smart 
and interesting for Wildside to have gone along uh, for the hallucinations that he induces. He could have fucked with Cable and the guards, but, you know, Louise probably thought of that and saw an opportunity for, like, him to get taken out, so this could have been a little bit more interesting. I know, like, the Mutant Liberation Front, their villains were not supposed to glorify their actions, but it would have been nicer to see the battles drawn out. This is new mutants. These are new villains here. They're not the focus, but I still think that would have been cool. There was a whole other story with the New Mutants going on. We're not talking about any of that, because we're highlighting the Mutant Liberation Front. But still, since I was little, like I remember seeing this team of villains and just always seeing that their designs were really cool. And yeah, so I liked rereading these so we could talk about them. I don't know, it was just it was a really interesting introduction to this team. But... These weren't the only team members because... Because it was the 90s. Let's create more characters that we're never going to use. Yeah. So <laughs> in uh, New Mutants 93 and 94, we get introduced to a few more uh, villains who are working for Strife. The New Mutants are in Madripoor. J- uh, fucking Japan sent Sunfire to go hang out with them. And they're getting attacked by some soldiers who are working for Nujin Koi. He's a crime lord who's working with Strife. And we're introduced to three new characters. And there are Sumo, Kamikaze, and Dragoness. And it makes sense because they're in Madripoor, so they're from this part of the world. Those are three Japanese assassin mutants, and they look awesome. Except for maybe Sumo, because Sumo just looks like a giant Sumo. And there's even, I think, a DC character named Sumo, who literally also looks like a Sumo. Uh, The only thing that, like, I don't remember all of their real names offhand. Kamikaze and Sumo have Japanese-sounding real names. Uh, Dragoness doesn't, and it's interesting because she she's apparently Japanese. Her name is uh, her last name is Kurtz. I think it's K U R T Z. I think that's a Jewish name. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I don't know. She she could be half Japanese, but and I'm sure that wasn't decided at the time. Like, oh yeah, her real name's Tamara Kurtz, so we're gonna throw her in there, and she's Japanese too. But I thought that was kind of well, weird. Well, she said uh, she got mutated from the atom bombs or whatever, too. Yeah, like Sunfire. Yeah, so battling. she must have been at least part Japanese. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. But I just thought that that was kind of weird to find out later. Anyway, the new mutants are, are tracking these villains because there's some drug that's being uh, spread in the in Madripoor. It's called Sleet, and it like makes the users go crazy and fucking kill people. So the new mutants are trying to investigate... And then Kamikaze takes Warlock out of the air. He can, like, fly and fucking detonate. It's really interesting. Sumo, like, after Warlock gets taken out and knocked to the ground, Sumo just fucking blobs his butt on him. And I thought that this was really cool because of how he's used on the page. Like, Sumo is so big that he cuts into a few other panels on the page. So I thought that that was really neat. But Boom Boom throws a bomb at his butt. And so that was kind of funny. One thing that I thought was weird, though, is, like, I... I always liked Dragoness because of her look and she's got a fiery blast sort of power but Sunfire is really powerful I don't feel like Dragoness has ever been written at any other time to be a match for him that didn't sit right with me that they were like so seemingly evenly matched here and he even seemed attracted to her He's like, she's so dark, but her brilliance dazzles me. I'm like, get that dragon booty. Yeah. Yeah, and before the new mutants can actually get the upper hand, Strife and Zero show up, and boom. the Some of the new mutants get captured. And so in the next issue, they're all fucking, like, tied up. 
And uh, Sam is talking to Dragonest, and she's just like, the bigotry and hatred of humans will be returned upon them. Strife had said that they're going to take the fucking sleet drug and put it in the fucking water supply of all these capitals, and it's going to be a mutant uprising. And Sam is trying to interrogate her, like, innocently to get more information, and she fucking kisses him. And that was creepy, and that was weird. Yeah, no, that was really weird, because, like... He was like, oh, yeah, I somehow got the key to come off of her headband and fall into my mouth. With his penis. I'm like, what? That's what the kiss was for. So and, he could get hard and slip it off with his penis. And also, and like... throw it up to his mouth. Also, how do you know that your plan di- of getting somebody to kiss you is going to work? Because he got dick tricks. <laughs> if you say I don't know. anything I thought- about Sam Guthrie, it's that Sam Guthrie has got them Kentucky dick tricks. I just thought that that whole explanation was ridiculous. Yes. And so the first thing with Rusty and Skids, I okay, I could see. What the fuck is the point of poisoning the water for all these capitals? Like, are are mutants immune to it? Is it going to kill everybody except for mutants? Because that doesn't make sense. They said that what the drug does was, like, make you into a psychopathic killer and everybody who took it either died or killed somebody. Or killed somebody and died. Yeah. So if there's somebody human who took sleep, they can kill mutants. Yeah. So even if mutants are like somehow impervious to this drug, which isn't mentioned, like, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Quick. It's stupid. Get Strife on the phone and let him know. (laughs) There's a huge gaping flaw in his huge gaping plan. (laughs) Ha ha. Let him know. Let him know. You know what? Next time we uh, we see Louise... You should uh, you should let her know. I will. Yeah. Will you? Yes. All right. I'll uh, I'm gonna wait outside when you have that conversation with her. Okay. All right. All, All right. right. Good. Great. <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. I can't remember if that was touched on at all in this issue. It wasn't. I just read it. <laughs> okay. I don't know. And that you know, honestly, with that being said, that is very weird. Because you can make the argument that, well, Strife doesn't fucking care. You know what I mean? Like, he was brought up by Apocalypse, survival of the fittest, bitches, you know? (laughs) But then, why would he have been so mad and gung-ho on getting Rusty and Skids out, you know, in the first couple of appearances? That doesn't, you know, his own beliefs don't sort of make sense there, but eh, it is what it is. Listen, the 90s, the 90s were a hell of a time. Sleet was a hell of a drug. I don't know what can I tell you. But, uh, obviously, you know, the heroes fight the villains again, and so this time the villains get taken out, and and it was kind of fun. Classic comic books. Yeah, because, no, well, you sumo, like, he's gonna fucking jump on somebody, but this time Warlock's ready, and fucking trampoline, like, turns into a trampoline and bounces him away. Cannonball knocks Kamikaze out of the air, and Richter, like an asshole, blasts Dragoness out of the sky... But they're inside the warehouse, and so, you know, her fire starts spreading to all the fucking boxes. And what's in the boxes? Not just the drugs. Yeah, not just the drugs, but explosives and weapons. You know, so everything explodes. But where are the bodies? You never see the bodies. So, of course, they they come back again. So, I I thought this was a lot of fun. Uh, Like I said before, Dragoness and Kamikaze had very, very cool designs. Uh, I really especially love... Dragoness's design, and that is something that has never changed, to my knowledge. So that's really cool. Sumo, I think, is dead. Uh, he was never, in my opinion, that interesting anyway. Kamikaze has a brother who doesn't look quite as interesting, uh, named Samurai, also very cleverly named. 
Uh, but Kamikaze had a particularly uh, interesting death, which was kind of gross when he got decapitated by Archangel, and then the head bounced and uh, hit into Boom Boom's leg. That was that was kind of gross and disturbing. I remember that. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, whoa, big deal. Like, oh, the death of Kamikaze, this <laughs> issue. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was a random issue of, oh, what the fuck was it? Executioner's Song? But anyway, yeah, so so that was weird. And gross. And kind of cool, too. But, yeah, I, I like them as characters. Um, obviously, some writers have done a little bit more with some of them over the years, but <clears throat> some of them have been depowered. Reaper and Wildside were depowered. Uh, Wildside got Mother Vine, so he's got his powers. Again, Tempo's dead. Locust is dead. Uh, Dragoness even joined the X-Men on Utopia for a while, but was still kind of a bitch, and I kind of wished that she had sort of joined them and being like, Heroic or whatever. Thumbelina. Thumbelina. We saw her. And I think the Domino Annual. You remember when they had the little meeting for like weird looking mutants? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was there. She was there. So she's still around. So yeah, no, the characters have been used over time. But I just, I like how we've seen a little bit more of them. I was hoping to see even more of them in Uncanny 15. But maybe we'll (laughs) see them again. You know, who knows? So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and on Twitter at mutant musings. What do you think of Major X? Did you even fucking read it? Get in touch with us about X-Men, the animated series, and join us next time when we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. Until then... Major X was not right. New.